Down and three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. In the entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying. T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. All right, here we are on a Wednesday, middle of the work week, hump day today, and what started out to be a joyous celebration in Kansas City today is the Chiefs were celebrating their Super Bowl championship, which they just earned going back 72 hours ago here in Las Vegas. We have sound, we've got audio, we've got jubilation from the parade, and then as the parade was dispersing, the players were off the stage, they were packing up, ready to go home, and then disaster struck, uh, terror in the crowd there in Kansas City of over nearly... 200,000 fans that were gathered for this joyous occasion today as a shooter, actually shooters, um, decided to take fire on the crowd after the parade was over as people were dispersing today. So we will get you updated on that. So um, when we were planning the show today, it was, hey, we're going to play some some pretty good audio, some fun audio, and we'll still play that for you from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Brett Veach, and we will still play that for you today, but that has been overshadowed of what happened in the aftermath afterwards today in Kansas City. So again, it is breaking news. Um, the Kansas City Police Department uh, having a press conference as we speak right now. And again, this uh, took place literally less than two hours ago. Uh, the parade was around 11 a.m. Uh, our time, Central Time, or rather uh, Pacific Time here, so 1 p.m. Kansas City Time. And uh, the parade route went on as, as scheduled. Uh, fans were packing the streets of downtown Kansas City. They had the stage there. Uh, Mitch Holtus, who I was talking to yesterday, was going to have Mitch uh, on the show here today uh, after the parade. Uh, he's the fine play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he was hosting the parade today. Did a fantastic job. And uh, again, the parade was was fun. It was good. Sunshine. And then as the uh, people were dispersing and leaving, um, shots were heard. 
and we'll give you uh, as much information as we know, and more information is continuing to flow in here. But uh, three shooters, I believe two were apprehended. There was, as of an hour ago, there was one uh, suspect that was uh, still on the loose, but uh, we'll get that updated for you. He has been caught. 15 injured and one dead. And uh, again, this was the shooting after the parade today as people were dispersing in Kansas City, downtown Kansas City, and uh, three shooters uh, overall here. And I, luckily, more people were not killed, more people were not hurt. And uh, news didn't come out right away of of uh, a person being killed here, and that is is pretty recent. Because when I was driving in today, and I watched the parade, I was watching the parade today, recording sound, and again, the coverage was over. The television coverage was over of this parade on NFL Network, and it wasn't until much after that that we got news about the shooting here. So, um, disastrous day there in Kansas City. Numchuck's been following this here in the studio. Uh, tell, tell me what you have found out uh, besides what I just said, uh, there is 10 to 15 hurt. Mm. So either shot or trampled or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the breakdown of the, of the shooter of the shooting victims are one dead, five serious, three critical, one non life threatening. Mm. And, uh, all of those, uh, that were injured were taken to the nearby hospital there in Kansas City, um, just tragic day. What uh, it's funny every time we have these large gatherings, you always wonder in the back of your mind: is something going to happen? Something tragic? And uh, after the Chiefs were on stage celebrating, and it had a lot of funny stories I wanted to share today, and we still will. But uh, again, this takes a very, very drastic. You know, turn here for a Super Bowl that was celebrated for what you know that was conducted here in Vegas. Kansas City Chiefs, as we as we know, defeated the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday here in Las Vegas, and the Chiefs back home celebrating the parade. They went through the parade route today, got up on stage, had a good time with that. Everything went uh, you know very smoothly, and then uh, as people were were leaving, um, shots were fired, and you know. I'm just wondering, you know, it's a good thing that this was at the end of the parade after it was over, but you just wonder, and I don't know if we'll ever find out, you know, they did, you know, apprehend two shooters who are, you know, there are three shooters that are. They've got three people and, in and custody. They're, and they're alive. And they're, they're in custody. So they're all in custody. So a lot of times with these shooters, like with the UNLV situation, the shooter was dead and we had no idea what was going through his mind. And we had to try to, you know, piece everything together and, and wait for the investigation to, you know, to be concluded before it found out anything. Hopefully we find out why they were doing this, who was doing this, what was the mindset, uh, for them to, to try to, you know, you know, kill people, take out people. It is, uh, beyond recognition here that, uh, you know, why, why people would do this and disgruntled fans or did they have a motive? What was their, their statement they're trying to, to make here? You just never know. So hopefully we get that information here, if not today, but in the coming days, 
but uh, it's it, it, it's craziness that we have these type of stories all the time, and we have it in the sporting world, especially in a day that is supposed to be a celebration. But obviously for these three goofballs, uh, it wasn't for them. Who knows what the reasoning was? And it's a good thing that this did not take place you know, during the actual parade route, that it didn't actually take place um, you know, where they were shooting, you know, attempting to shoot players on stage. And again, it, the parade basically was over. It was concluded. And people were dispersing, going to their cars, going to public uh, transportation. And uh, shots were fired here. So uh, prayers definitely going out to the to the victims of this, uh, this, this crazy, crazy, sad event. And again, Kansas City Chiefs celebration, their parade today. One dead, uh, 10 to 15 injured in the uh, Super Bowl rally there in Kansas City. So there are videos circulating online of citizens tackling the shooters. Right. And it is great to see that. Yeah. Now, I heard about that when I was driving in that that happened, that, uh, you know, commend a couple brave people for noticing here's a couple guys with guns and and they're starting to shoot, and a couple brave people decide to take him down, tackle him. I, I think it was probably more than just this two. Well, I heard initial the two people, that, and then others jumped in to. I'm saying to there's, help there's as well too. Two separate. Both of the shooters or right. shooting suspects have been were, were tackled by by how many people? It was Se- several, many? several. It was okay. several. Okay, because I, I had heard that a couple people, you know, took down. Uh, uh, you know, one shooter and then other people jumped in the fray as well, too. And uh, very brave and very uh, heroic for them to do that. But uh, there will be another press conference at uh, six, three o'clock, three o'clock, three Pacific o'clock. time. Pacific. OK, five o'clock there in Kansas City. So, all right, we will keep you updated on uh, more information that we find out uh, regarding that. So, again, unfortunately, we are doing a lot of live shows under these circumstances, flashback for me today of what transpired just a few months back with the UNLV situation where, uh, you know, happened right before 12 noon. And this thing, basically the same time frame, Pacific time for us, even though this is in the central times of Kansas City, which uh, took place uh, right around before 2 p.m. today. I was watching this parade this morning, like I said, and... You know, making notes and recording sound, uh, audio from the speeches on the stage today. And NFL Network concluded their, their coverage, went back to normal coverage. And then, uh, then the chaos uh, began with, uh, the shooters. And again, Kansas City Chiefs parade today, downtown Kansas City, three shooters apprehended in custody right now. Unfortunately, 15 people injured. Uh, several are in critical condition. And one has been pronounced dead. Kansas City Chiefs have just announced that everyone, team, staff, organization is safe. They're safe. Yeah. Again, so the way this worked, you know, they were up on stage and they dispersed the back end of the stage. And the crowd was, I mean, very, very deep. You know, a couple hundred thousand people were there. So this shooting took place far, far away from the stage area. And again, the stage was was empty at this time that this took place. So, again, you don't know what the motive was. You don't know who the shooters were 
were trying to shoot. I mean, it's it, it's always something. Even though you, the craziness that we see, and we saw it at the Super Bowl, and I, I saw it firsthand with the streakers out there. And anytime someone tries to go on the field, you don't know what their mindset is. If they just have a stupid, crazy message, they have writings on their on their back, or they're holding the sign, or you know, it's a dare, or they're trying to actually harm a player or a coach or an official. You have no idea, but there's just always these people that have this type of stuff on their mind, attention getters. And in this situation, someone's showing up to the parade with guns. Now, I know a lot of people today are going to come back and say, oh, hey, how can people be in, you know, open public here, you know, with, with guns and rifles? I mean, how did they get through this? Well, Again, when you have, and we don't have the numbers, I'm just guesstimating from what I saw today. I didn't hear any numbers. I'm guessing, sorry, two to 300,000 people that were there in Kansas City at this parade. And those are kind of normal numbers we hear, depending on the size of the city and everything for these parades. But Kansas City is not a major market, as, as we know. It's a, it's a mid-level market. But uh, the place was packed today, diehard fans, and they love their football, and they love their Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so it was packed today. And it was a bright, sunshiny day, but, uh, you know, it's not like you can go through security when you hold these parades. You know, it's not like you're going to a stadium where you have to get, you know, patted down. You got to go through the x-ray machines, surveillance, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see, uh, you know, in this area, downtown Kansas City, there are plenty of cameras on buildings and businesses, streetlights, all that sort of thing. So I'm sure that... They will scour all of that and um, and and take a look at this and get a time a better timeline. But the good news is is they did apprehend the three shooters, and that's the number that we're hearing. Could be less, could be more. I don't think there's less. But uh, and I heard they got two right away, and then one was on on the loose, and then they they grabbed that person as well too. But we will see um, as we get more details here why. This took place today. They're saying close to a million people were there. A million there. There. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was packed. It was pretty packed. So, and again, you know, with police and security, it, it's almost impossible because again, you're not going through any screening machines here. So, you know, people want to, to bring weapons to a parade. I mean, there's not much you, you, you can do about it. And unfortunately, um, you know, these things happen at, at at large public gatherings. You know, we really haven't seen shootings like this, but we've seen the nonsense of, you know, burning vehicles or, you know, looting. We've seen that kind of nonsense, you know, it, it parades before. But, um, yeah, just uh, total craziness. So the more information that we get on that, we will deliver uh, as the show goes on today. All right. Uh, we do want to talk uh, about the Super Bowl from a Las Vegas uh, perspective today. Chris Matthews will join us from 8 News Now. Uh, Chris, covering uh, the last two weeks here in Vegas from all aspects, got a chance to to see him at the Super Bowl and during the, the week's festivities and everything that uh, you know we were both covering. So we'll get his thoughts on that. Sam Gordon will join us. Our good friend who just recently took a new job in San Francisco with the San Francisco Chronicle. And he is now the Golden State Warriors beat reporter. 
So congratulations to Sam Gordon. And uh, I promised Sam once he got settled in there in San Francisco, we'd have him on the show. So today we are going to have him on the show with that. Uh, have so, we asked if stuff. there's any any good gyms in the area? Uh, well, you know, I know that area pretty well. And, um, you know, downtown San Francisco doesn't have a whole bunch of gyms. I think they got one bougie gym. But see, I, I see, I, like you, I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff. Like, I want to know where Sam's living. Yeah. Because most people don't live in the city in San Francisco. They commute. They live outside. So, you know, again, and I know Sam's not familiar with San Francisco at all. So I know he just got thrown in the fray. Uh, he had applied for the job. Uh, he got the job, and then he told the Las Vegas Review Journal, who who was his, who was his employer, I believe, for the last six years. Said, hey, I got a job with the Warriors. Chronicle, I'm gone. See you later. And next thing you know, he, he was gone. And Sam didn't even get a chance to, to cover the Super, Super Bowl here. I know he applied for credentials way back when, but uh, now covering the Warriors. So we'll talk to Sam uh, regarding that. So a lot to hit on today. And again, talk about the Las Vegas uh, Super Bowl experience. But I want to go on with what I had planned today for this segment. And that is to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs parade prior to to the shooting here uh, today. And uh, again, the parade was very festive, uh, going off in style. But I wanted to play Brett Veach's comments. He is the Kansas City Chiefs general manager. And listen to what he had to say. Now, first of all, like I mentioned, Mitch Holt Holt does, does a fine job and has for decades as the Kansas City Chiefs uh, play-by-play, radio uh, play-by-play voice. He was hosting today, and he introduced the man, the architect, behind putting the Chiefs together. Listen to what Brett Veach had to say very carefully here. It's special, right? Because we started the season, we were 0-1. And then at one point, we lost four or six games. And we lost to the Broncos on Christmas Day. That was all the experts needed to say. The Chiefs are done, they're finished. And finally, we see what a Chiefs down year looks like, right? Well, after the clock struck zero on Sunday in Las Vegas, we actually did get to see what a Chiefs down year looks like. And here it is right here. All right, so if you caught that, Brett Veach is kind of full of himself here. I don't think he was drinking. Now, there are others that were drinking at this time. But you want to go back and play it back one more time, Chuck? So I want to make sure everybody heard this very, very carefully. It's about probably 20 seconds in to what uh, what Brett Veach said here. Christmas Day. That was all the experts missed it. See, today. you you missed it. You didn't go to the beginning. You told me 15 seconds in. And, well, I wanted you to listen at that point in time. Go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. The season, we were 0-1. And then at one point, we lost four or six games. And we lost to the Broncos on Christmas Day. That was all the experts needed to say. The Chiefs are done. They're finished. And finally, we see what a Chiefs down year looks like, right? Well, after the clock struck zero on Sunday in Las Vegas, we actually did get to see what a Chiefs down year looks like. And here it is right here. Christmas Day, the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Raiders. They didn't lose to the Broncos. They did lose to the Broncos, but that was like back in October. <laughs> how, how can you get that one wrong? 
I mean, you're on the stage and you're saying, yeah, everybody thought we were done. I mean, he got the part that they lost on opening day to the Detroit Lions at home at Arrowhead. He got the part right where they lost four out of six games. So that he, his math was right there. But everyone was saying they're done because they lost at home to the Denver Broncos on Christmas Day. How do Raider fans feel about that? Now, you, we know how Raider fans felt about the Super Bowl. Raiders fans, you know, were upset that Kansas City was here. They were upset they were in the game. They're upset that they were taking over the Raiders facility in Henderson. They're practicing there all week. Then they're playing in their stadium, in the Raiders' home locker room, on the Raiders' home sideline. And then you have the general manager at the parade 72 hours later saying, not even giving the Raiders credit. No, we lost to the Denver Broncos. Hammenager! Do you think there is any player that kind of slipped something into the Raider locker room. Slip something in. Like, no, like a championship shirt or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Oh, left something behind? Left something behind to where they're just, you know, so some Raider's going to come back and be like, (laughs) what the hell is this? You know, I don't think so, but with the goofballs that some players are... That'd be kind of funny, and I wouldn't put it past him. However, I could see Kelsey doing it. I would say this, though. I would say this. The Chiefs, for the most part, don't view the Raiders as a threat or rivalry, which they shouldn't. No. Even though the Raiders did beat him this year, all right, but the Chiefs have owned the Raiders for the most part, and the Chiefs have owned the Raiders in games here in Vegas and even going back to Oakland. The Raiders' two wins were both in Kansas City, you know, going back what, uh, you know, what, 2021. Yeah. You know, when the Gruden riding the bus and all that, you know, hey, let's take a lap around. You know, that didn't uh, go over too well with Chiefs fans. And then they won on Christmas Day. The Raiders beat the Chiefs, not the Broncos. Do you realize who the last quarterback to beat the Chiefs were? The Chiefs, Chiefs was the last quarterback. The last quarterback to be the Chiefs. Well, that would that would be uh, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell is That's the right. last. Yeah, <laughs> That's just funny to me. And the one before that, Russell Wilson. Oh, he's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. So the parade continued, and then they gave the mic to the three-time Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. To continue to go, to go for that championship. They all doubted us. I don't want to hear any different. But you know who came through in the end? That's the Kansas City Chiefs. I just want to thank everybody here because Chiefs Kingdom, y'all are the reason that we do what we do. Hey, real quick, real quick. Hold on, sorry, sorry. I'm, 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 I know, I know. I'm a regular quarterback. This is what it is. Um, I gotta give a shout out to that defense. I mean, can I hear it for the defense? It's crazy. A defense 
can win the Super Bowl and still be underrated. And that's what those boys have been doing. Hey, one time, can I get a, can I get a shout out for Harrison Bucker? Can I get a shout out for Tommy Townsend? Can I get a shout out for James Winchester? Not for real though, we appreciate everything y'all do. Showing up to Arrowhead every single week. We know we had to go on the road last year, but I promise you next year we'll be at home and we're going for that three piece. So don't get it, forget it, don't get it twisted. We're doing it. Three times, first time in NFL history, we doing it. Love y'all. All right, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, now, do you think Mahomes sounded a little tipsy? Did it sound a little oh, bit? I saw some pictures on the bus. He was tipsy. It sounded like it, didn't it? All right. Well, if you thought he was tipsy, the guy that they were waiting for to take the stage. Now, this is an interesting story because, as I mentioned, Mitch Holtis, the play-by-play voice of the Chiefs, was wrapping things up, and he said... You know, earlier, well, well, you know, wait till we hear from Travis Kelsey this and that. So he said, well, Big Red being Andy Reid is saying, wrap it up here. So he was, they were wrapping it up and they were playing music like, okay, this part is over. And Chris Jones, the fine defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, who, by the way, apparently must have signed a, a new three-year deal today because he came up on stage and said, you know, Hey, I'm back. I'm playing next year. I'm playing the next year. I'm playing the next year. And there was, you know, there's a lot of of um, speculation if he's going to be back as a chief. Because remember, he th- uh, threatened to sit out this year. Did sit out at the beginning, and uh, even missed games. And uh, he was in good mood today. So as it looked like it was over without Travis Kelsey going to speak. Chris Jones grabbed the mic from Mitch Holtis. Oh no, we ain't done it yet. It's one guy I need it. And his name is Big Daddy Travis Kelsey. Hold on, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. I want everybody a part of this thing. If you know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last one they thought they'd see there. Champagne, pet, pet took that glass of champagne, I promise you. When I took it, and I toasted you. Honey, we do what I never what?
Okay. There's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> now, was that William Carlson esque? No, there's there's never going to be a William Carlson esque. <laughs> that was pretty close. That was, I mean, that was close. Both hammer time, right? Both ha- Oh, dude. Uh, Trav might have been. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm trying to think of a limit that he like he he was at least four times. So he decided to go with a Garth Brooks song, incorporate his own words, right? Now you know a lot of people are going to say, why not a Taylor Swift song? Why didn't he go with that? You know, people are saying that today, right? So yeah, I watched this parade. I watched everyone speak, including Andy Reid, Chris Jones, who we didn't we didn't play theirs, but. there wasn't much substance said at all from any Chiefs player that took the stage. Did you see Pacheco with a goat? I did. I did. Where did he get a goat? I don't know. Why and, does he have a goat? And I'm still trying to figure out who the guy was that had like the the furry on top of his head or whatever that was. Uh, had no shirt on. And uh, I think it was number 13 because I think he had 13 tattooed on his uh, on his stomach. Yeah, uh, we had the pants sagging. We had no shirts. This was the weirdest thing that I saw. That would Probably be ever. on. That would that would be Willie Gay. Oh, okay, running Willie back Gay. or no, 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 no. defense, yeah, defense, yeah. William Gay. It seems weird. Thirteen, but anyway, um, very strange, man. Very, very strange that we saw some bottles of water. I think that I saw some bottles of alcohol, but never have I ever seen nachos. On the stage, players are eating nachos yeah. on the stage. Yeah, buddy, you're you eating, eat. and they're in, in the, like they're they're sharing it. Another play. Oh, where'd you get that? Give me some of that. They're eating. They're eating, and they're standing on stage. Yeah, it was kind of chaotic, kind of crazy. But uh, but then, unfortunately, it got more chaotic from a very tragic standpoint with the uh, the shooting after the parade. So after the Chiefs left the stage, um, the parade was over. They said goodbye. And the crowd was dispersing, and then uh, three shooters decided to uh, try to shoot up the crowd there. And uh, one dead, 15 injured, and uh, very, very sad news. So we will continue to get more information as it develops. It's a developing breaking news story. It's national news. CNN has uh, broke away from there regular you know programming and uh, they are covering this and have been for about the last uh, two hours or so so we'll keep you updated on that very very sad all right when we come back we will talk uh put a wrap on the super bowl from a las vegas perspective chris matthews from eight news now will join us and we'll talk about the game itself and how las vegas came out supported and basically being uh, deemed a success here in our city for super bowl 58 Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in booth. Okay, listen. I, Travis Kelsey can do a bad version of singing this song, but this is a horrible rejoiner song. I mean, you got... Boom! Energy, fine. We got we got Mister Ener- Mister Energy waiting on the line, and you come back with this. How much you want about he loves this song? He can't stand this song. Nobody likes this song. 
Chris Matthews. Can I get a witness? Can, can, what do you think of this song? Yes. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of your music catalog? Thank you. This is this is I'm, I'm trying to decide here. I thought I was, and then all of a sudden you get the producer like free reign, and he's and he's coming with let's cry in our beer and and do Garth Brooks. You got to watch over that crew there. What? Okay, you know what we're doing, Chris. You know what we're doing. We're gonna, you know, uh, you and I don't get a chance to do this at all because we do live as we do it, right, Chris? We do it now, right? Eight News live, now, local, TC now. Martin Show now. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pretend that we're on that we're recording this. It's taped. So let's start over, Numchuck. Let's take it from the top one more time. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, TC Martin. <laughs> There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Garth Brooks, Chub Rock. I I think, Chris, you're probably in the middle there, okay? But I'm definitely more on 1990s Chub Rock. What do you think of that? Now we can go. Now we can move ahead. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about our Las Vegas Super Bowl extravaganza. The man who was covering it for two straight weeks going crazy, maybe crazier than I was, all over the city, and you saw him relentlessly on 8 News Now, and he joins us now, not yesterday, not now. Sunday, not tomorrow, the one only, Chris Matthews. Now. Now. What a fun week, huh, guys? I mean, that Woo. Super Bowl week was phenomenal. We were out there at the... Uh, the Bellagio fountains doing live reports in the four, five, six, and 11. You know, it, it seemed like every single thing that you would have hoped for happened in terms of positives for the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. But one thing was not, and that was the cold weather, unfortunately. The rain and the cold was really the only negative that I can even think of from the Super Bowl. Everything else, everything else was great. The in, the out to the game, the transportation, the, the flow of people, the game itself. Inside the stadium, the broadcast, the, the records that were set, the overtime, every single thing seemed like it was just absolutely perfect for Las Vegas and CBS, except for the cold and the rain that week. Right, 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 right. Oh, man. I, you know, and for people who came in from out of town, they're anticipating or they're thinking, you know, they're going, hey, Vegas, it's like, you know, 70, 80 degrees, you know, like all the time when it's not 110, it's at least like 80 or something like that. Well, not the case. We do have winters here. This is a desert <laughs> community, right? We do get that. Yeah, but the rain is, that's such a downer. Even if it's sunshine and it's maybe 58, 60, then that's maybe an improvement for a lot of you know, tourists that are yeah. coming in, but yeah, like we, on Super Bowl Sunday, right? It was, it was great on Super it, Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it was sunny. It was it was a little cooler, but still, it was sunny. You know, a funny thing is, I think it might have been on Thursday when it was pretty chilly at night, and we were walking back to our live spots over there by the Bellagio Fountains, mm -hmm. and I see a husband, a wife, and these two little kids, and the lady had a. Uh, what do they call those? Like a mid midriff or a, like a halter top or whatever, a belly showing. <laughs> right. And then she was going down the escalator with me and, and her husband and these two little kids said, man, aren't you guys freezing? And she said, nope, we're from Wisconsin. This is fine for us. And I said, oh, my word. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe, maybe I've gotten soft in all my years out here in Las Vegas. 
Yeah, I think uh, you have, Chris. But that that is very true. You know, you know when when you're Wisconsinite. I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me of the story. I've told this a few different times. So when I moved from uh, Sacramento to uh, Green Bay and I was uh, you know, just started working in the market there and it was opening day, which is right around Labor Day. Right. And here I am. I'm walk, uh, going up to the press box. I'm in the elevator and the temperature was 62 degrees. And that's a balmy, beautiful 62. Well, here I am, Chris, okay, because I'm the California guy, you know, lived in Vegas before that, but still, you know, Sacramento, Vegas, similar weather, especially, you know, in, in September. I've got a Packers parka on, and these guys are looking at me like, I, where did this guy come from? We know he's from California or Nevada or something like that. What are you doing? And I was just like saying, it's 62, man. That's jacket weather. And there's like shaking their head at me like, is this guy nuts or what? So, yeah. These Wisconsin people, I would see people in Wisconsin dressing in their shorts when it's like, say, mid to upper 40s. And I mean, so so that's exactly what you saw. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy to think. I mean, and there were a lot of people. There were, uh, I'm going to say it again, a lot of people who didn't have jackets on. They're walking around with just, uh, you know, short sleeve shirts. I'm thinking, hey, guys, it's 40 degrees. It's 48 degrees outside. Aren't you guys just absolutely just <laughs> freezing? Nope. They're having a great time. Super Bowl week. You know, it was kind of neat, too, to see how the, uh, from, from, uh, okay, Monday was the opening, you know, the opening night over at Allegiant Stadium where you're talking. So we did stuff over there. But from Tuesday through Saturday, we were at the fountains in front of the Bellagio. And it was cool to kind of see how the population of up, uh, walking up and down the strip steadily increased in all those jerseys and stuff. It was, it was a, a good memory. It's something that I'll always take that, uh, be, you know, being the first and then it won't be the last, obviously, but just those memories of being able to cover the very first Super Bowl in Las Vegas was pretty special. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, from, from all our sides on the media, I think they've got a chance to experience it and cover it. Radio Row from the game itself to all the stories and going to the events. Um, like you mentioned, Chris Matthews joins us, fine sports director and anchor at eight news. Now recovering Chris, uh, have, have you recovered? Have you begun that time to recover? But then again, you really don't get much of a, a, a chance, but I think everything that we do now, whether, you know, from UNLV or something will still be kind of like, um, a breath of fresh air because it won't be just so chaotic. Right. Yeah, no, that was a busy, busy week. But, you know, it's a blast. I mean, people who complain about that kind of stuff probably should get out of the business because right. even though it was busy and you're working 12, 13, 14 hours a day, whatever, you run home, try to get some sleep, and you're back the next morning and doing it all over again on Super Bowl Sunday. Just all that was so much fun that uh, I, I would do it again. I mean, it's just that's how much fun it is. But now, yeah, isn't, isn't Las Vegas crazy? Because I was driving into work today. So this gigantic crowd that was here for the Super Bowl and how we how this city can just pull off big event after big event. So the Super Bowl leaves, and I believe starting today, might have, might have, maybe even yesterday, is we got the big magic show in Las Vegas at the convention center and another big you know uh, deal for Las Vegas. It never ends. And then at the beginning of the month, We'll have the uh, the National Rugby uh, League in Las Vegas playing over to Legion Stadium, and if you haven't had the chance to go look and see about this this uh, Australian rugby, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Go onto YouTube and just type in Russell Crowe rugby. He, it's about a three minute video. He explains the rules. Great Purdue. It's terrific. It's, it's smartly produced. Kind of gives you an idea of what this rugby is going to be all about. 
after you watch that, I guarantee you will want to go see the games at the first part of March at Allegiant Stadium. So, Chris, do you ever, like, you know, take it to the next level? Because I know some sports anchors do when you're covering something like that where you decided to, you know, put on the rugby shorts or, you know, the old Pittsburgh uh, Steeler Bumblebee uniforms, you know, where we've got the horizontal pattern. Because we know that's a rugby uniform. Do you you ever do a report, you know, dressed like that? Because I think people would be dying to see it. I know I would be dying to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you might be the only one dying to see it. <laughs> Come on, man. I want to see Chris Matthews with the high socks, you know, and holding the holding the ball. Heck, I mean, look how many times hey. during the course of Raider games that I got to look up on our screen in our press box and I got to see you, like, go, dropping back to pass, like, with a suit and tie on with, with your hand on the football. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? So I think hey, we – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, if the National Rugby League sent me an outfit and a ball, I would wear it just for the fun. It'd be a great live shot. <laughs> no doubt. All right, man. So give us um, give us your your schedule, whether it was the last two weeks or the week of like leading up to this, because I know that you got very little sleep and it wasn't just you, but you know, again, you've got your, your other anchors there at news eight and the, you know, your photographers and everybody else there just kind of, kind of take us through, uh, you know, the average day le- leading up to it. Yeah. Okay. So I probably, it kind of depends on what was going on, but that's, I can't think that it's like every day kind of rolled together. Let's just right. say on Tuesday. I went over to, or whenever Wednesday was, I went over early morning, right when, right, well, before the people could get in to do a little story on the, uh, uh, Super Bowl experience over at Mandalay Bay. Real cool. I mean, if you had a chance to get over there, you know what I'm talking about. I kind of like history. And they had a bunch of cool history from Canton, Ohio at the Super Bowl experience. And I guess every year, uh, Hunt Auctions will pick a player and have a big auction focused on that player. Well, this year it just happened to be Johnny Unitas. That's kind of my era. You know, the, uh, the old Colts quarterback, the Baltimore Colts yep. quarterback who played for, you know, forever with Baltimore. And, and so I thought that was really interesting. So I talked to, you know, those guys about some of the auction items and what they're selling. And while I'm talking to the guy, you know, Johnny Unitas is, uh, wife you know he's passed but the widow calls and hey how's everything going everything's set for the big auction but you know so that was kind of cool and just all the stuff that was surround just the history i thought was phenomenal you had all the rings you had uh different pictures old jerseys old uniforms from all these different players way back in the red grange days um the 20s it was just i i was i just loved all the history so that was really cool that everything nickelodeon stuff you could they had building wilson footballs they had there so i just kind of went around before they opened it to the public and uh, did a story on that. So that was early in the morning. Then I went over and did all the live shots. I don't know if people realize that for the most part, sports anchors or reporters, we pretty much do our own thing. So we report, we anchor, we shoot, we edit, we'll produce our own stuff. So we have to kind of do it all. So I had to get over there. Then I had to and cut the piece and then get to the uh, Bellagio in time for a 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and bottom of the hour and 11 o'clock live shots early and then later in sports. So we had all those things to do, Why, trying to line up guests and all that. So that was one day. The next day I had went over to the Tom Brady over at Fountain Blue where they're putting together this Hall of Excellence, which is going to be neat, too. It's like a mini Hall of Fame. Jim Gray was involved, I guess, as a kid. He's collected a whole bunch of memorabilia. So the uh, the interviewer, the uh 
uh, what would you call him, journalist, uh, Jim Gray. I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody's seen him on Showtime. Oh, yeah, Boxing yeah. Jim's a good friend. Yeah, he's, he's a great yeah. journalist, no question, and, yeah. and, and broadcaster. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's going to, he had, I guess as a kid, he saved a bunch of merchandise and memorabilia, stuff that is now memorabilia, sports memorabilia. They had Tom Brady there. He had his rings. Um, Jim Gray had his football signed by every single NFL quarterback who has played in a Super Bowl, so that was pretty cool. So anyway, they're going to have this. And then in the coming months, I would assume next probably three, four months, they're going to open up this Hall of Excellence. And it's not just going to be football. It's going to be all kinds of cool stuff. They got balls from, you know, the, uh, U.S. presidents have these balls signed. So they got – it's going to be like a little mini museum over there. So I'm excited to see that. So we talked to uh, – well, I mean, we covered that, came back to the story, cut that, went out there and, and did that. And then, uh, God, what else did we do? It seemed like we just did so many little stories and, and you know, I had – Tim Brown and I had the Raider puppet and different things. And I talked to uh, Deborah or not Deborah, Nora O'Donnell, the uh, CBS evening news anchor. She was by and we grabbed an interview with her and different players. And, you know, one, one guy we talked to, and it's like, none of this happens without Napoleon McCallum, who was a former Raider running back Navy, uh, worked over at the Venetian back when Mark Davis, you know, couldn't do the deal in LA. And, and it was Napoleon McCallum who really is responsible for hooking all this together and making it happen and putting the two sides together, the important pieces of the puzzle together to have a Super Bowl here. So, we, you know, we talked to him and we talked to the, the Chiefs radio play-by-play guy. Um, Mitchell, yep. by the way. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of cool, yep. a lot of cool stories, uh, just a fun, fun week in terms of everything that we had going with the, with the football side. So, you know, yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a busy day, you know, 12, 13 hour days when you get home, you grab a little, you know, a little bite to eat cause you're getting home late and you get up the next morning, get ready, you're off to work to do whatever next story it is. And we had a lot of fun stories. So I, I was, I was kind of pleased with all what we did. You know, Ron was at the radio row grabbing some people. We had Logan and Gil, part of our team. They were out there at Lake Las Vegas with the Chiefs and with the uh, the Niners getting sound from the different players and how they're preparing for the week. And so I think we had all the bases covered. I think we did a pretty good job of trying to um, tell the, you know, give our viewers kind of a sense of what's going on in Las Vegas and Super Bowl week. And it's pretty cool, too, because, you know, when you're the CBS affiliate and your network is is actually broadcasting the game, then you're going to get those, you know, like I say, the casual fans as well, too. So I'm sure you got to look at that and look at, uh, you know, some stories like that because they go, oh, yeah, that's that's the the channel we're watching the game on and that sort of thing. And, uh, no, you guys did a fantastic job. I saw Ron over at uh, Radio Row and, uh, again, saw a lot of your pieces. That's uh, It was great stuff. I was going to ask you, and you probably already mentioned it, but if you didn't, what was the best story that you covered that week? Leading up to the Super Bowl, um, probably or or what or what we really kind of resonated with you, you know, kind of close to probably, your heart that you kind that you're really proud of too. Like, man, that that was good. Probably the Johnny Unitas one, just because right. I like history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I like I, I I can spend hours looking at sports memorabilia and history, and that's why I'm excited about the uh, the uh, the Hall of Excellence at Fountain Blue, just because it's I, I just like that kind of stuff. It was a while back. I think it might have been last summer. I don't know if you went to it, but. Uh, Jim Ursay takes his his sports memorabilia around the country, and he usually has a couple of band members that follow, like the lead, you know, the, the like a leader for the the singer for Sticks or um, ZZ Top. You know, what's what's the guy's name? Gibbons. Um, yeah, Gibbons. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll take that stuff around, and that was last summer, I believe it was, maybe in May or whatever. But anyway, he brought that here downtown Las Vegas. They had a fantastic. 
uh, Hall of uh, uh, Sports Memorabilia, and also other you know historical pieces, guitars, and you know the uh, the the drum set that was that was used on the Ed Sullivan Show from Ringo Starr and the uh, from the Beatles, and just all kinds of cool stuff from from U.S. history, also you know like different denominations of bills and and like a a uh, drum set from the Civil War. You know that was the guy that was kind of out in front that pretty much probably lost mostly most of those guys probably lost their lives because they were out front with the you know the drum and the Civil War and so just all kinds of cool stuff. So my favorite piece, to make a long story short, was probably the, the Super Bowl experience because of that history and did a little piece on that. So that that was pretty fun. And you know interviewing Nora O'Donnell was was pretty cool too because we talked a little bit about Taylor Swift. She has some kids that are teenage kids that she's actually taken them to a couple of Taylor Swift concerts in the past and and talked about uh, talked about that and what she was doing here and the security and she told us all about that stuff. So that was that was kind of fun. And one of the corniest things, but it was still kind of just a fun piece, is that we every those who watch our Raiders pregame live show every Sunday morning during the season, every once in a while, we'll have this puppet on, and uh, we named him Raider Puppet, and so that's kind of what stuck. And so we had this puppet on. Well, he came down, and we did a little piece, kind of like the Muppets, where we had him answer questions, and and you know at the end, hey Chris, you know what? You're kind of my dad, you know what? We just had some fun with that, so that was a fun little piece. And overall, I think we. Uh, I, you know, we had fun. That was my favorite, though. Probably the the history piece. Right, right, right. All right, Chris Matthews uh, joins us from Eight News now. Uh, what was the biggest, say, eye opening thing for you? Whether it was game day or leading up to it, they, we knew what to expect. You know, we covered Super Bowls before and that sort of thing. But here, being in Las Vegas, was there something that really kind of like said, "Wow, this is uh, you know, not only we're we're in this and we're doing this thing, but." It, did anything kind of really surprise you, or what kind of uh, really stood out for you? Uh, I don't know if anything really surprised me. I mean, you had the you know all the fans and the strip and the different stories surrounding. Um, maybe what maybe what was a surprise is is exactly how many things were going on in Las Vegas over the course of that week that we couldn't even touch. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things going on. We try to do this, 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 and this, but there's that 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 over there that we just couldn't even get to. So. That might be one kind of a surprise. It just, man, you could really do, you could almost do half-hour shows on Super Bowl every single day of the week if you really had the manpower to go out and do it. So that's that. That might have been a little bit surprising, just how many small. Now, I don't know if it was just because it was Las Vegas, but it seemed like there were so many parties and appearances by various players around town that uh, you think, oh, man, I'd like to have got Josh Jacobs. Oh, that would have been cool to go over yeah. and get Jacoby Myers. Or, oh, that would have been nice to, to grab Devontae Adams when he was there for a short time doing this or that. But we just didn't have time to do all that stuff. Probably another thing that, that I'm impressed with is kind of, you know, like I mentioned with Nora O'Donnell, the security, what goes in to preparing an Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl. They basically, it becomes a compound where you have to go through different checkpoints to even get in as a media member. You go through this one to that one, now go into this one to get up to your press box. It's just, that's what I was going to say. That's what blew me away is that, you know, not only going through those checkpoints and, and taking a, uh, a roundabout way, but looking across the street from the stage, uh, stadium where you've got the parties going pregame with the, you know, the Niners, the gigantic tent, and then you got the Chiefs gigantic tent and you've got all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> wow. It's like, you know, they block off, you know, Polaris there, the street. And it's like, okay, this, this, this is much bigger than a Raiders game, you know? Yeah, it's it, the whole compound. It's, it's basically they turn that into a compound. Yeah, 
where you don't even get into those parties without going through this security and that security. So it, I mean, they got it locked down. The NFL does it right in terms of trying to control everything. And, and they do that very well. I mean, I, I, I did a story. Oh, here's another interesting story. I did 93 year old Jerry Eisenberg who attended every single Super Bowl. He, in fact, he's the only person living yeah. journalist living journalist. Now they had three other guys, part of that, you know, never miss a game uh, trio that's still alive. But in terms of a journalist who has covered every single game from one through 53, he got, he had some health issues. So it's forced him to stay away for the last, what, three, four, seven, the last five. Um, but I went out and did a story with him. He lives here in Las Vegas. Jerry Eisenberg has written a bunch of books, a big boxing guy, but he also knows Pete Rozelle. He's got a book on Pete Rozelle, tons of, you know, books on football, the Giants and this and that. Anyway, I went out and did a story with him. And when he, when he covered that first Super Bowl, how about this? When he covered the very first Super Bowl, there were 13 writers, 13 journalists covering Super Bowl number one. Yeah. Is that crazy? Yeah, and if you remember, Chris, the L.A. Memorial Coliseum was half full, not even half full, yeah. for the Packers and the uh, Chiefs game. Well, come to think of it, you mentioned that. This Super Bowl here in Las Vegas was the lowest attended, ticketed Super Bowl in NFL Super Bowl history. Small because stadium. Because that Super Bowl number one right. had 62,000, I think it was like 61,900 and blah, whatever. Yeah. This one was below that. So this is the lowest ticketed Super Bowl in NFL history. Yeah. And you're right. You know, and people talk oh, about another story I did. PC. I did another story I did was pretty cool was I went over and talked to the ticket guy. Um, you know, Neil Portnoy. I had him. He's an artist, local artist, Neil Portnoy. He's had the, he has a great big mural inside Allegiant Stadium. He does a lot of, uh, sports, uh, you know, art and whatever. Um, I did a story with the uh, ticket guy over there. Mm. The tickets were just outrageously expensive from 8,000 to 25,000, you know, get in price game of day. It was just nuts. So I guess with the lowest ticket price, you could also, you know, you could make the point that it might have been the richest in terms of what people were paying to get in. I think it was the second most, wasn't it? Right, right. Second most. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff, Chris. Great stuff. All right, man. Well, we'll let you recuperate a little bit, get right back on it, and uh, we'll see you around town here uh, this week. All right. Thanks, PC. Appreciate it. Have a great show. You too, buddy. There is Chris Matthews, the sports director and anchor at 8 News Now. Check out Chris, Ron Futrell, and the whole gang over there at 8 News Now. All right. We come back next hour. We'll talk a little more Super Bowl. We'll talk some college basketball as well. And Sam Gordon's going to join us. Not from Vegas anymore. No, from San Francisco Warriors. And we're going to tell you about a story that maybe not too many people knew about where the Warriors almost pulled off a blockbuster trade.